0: Now we're going to continue to speak on uh, the renewal of the mind and meditation. Now, um, you know, when it comes to meditation, renewal of the mind, it's something that we feel we need to do to up our faith. You know, so if we can just meditate enough in the Word of God, then we can get our faith to become stronger. And if our faith can become stronger, then we can obey God more. That's a traditional way of the renewal of the mind. Now, last week I said, um, the Bible says, be transformed by the the renewal of your mind and present your bodies a holy living sacrifice. So, what we do is, we don't say, well, I'm going to sacrifice my body, you know, by trying to live holy and by trying to be a living sacrifice for God. That's not what the scripture says. It says, be transformed in your mind by presenting your body as holy. In other words, the word present means, now you think of somebody that presents somebody else. If they present a new president or they represent a new headmaster of the school, you'll find somebody come and stand next to him and present him for who he really is. Okay, this is our new headmaster. He's got this post. He's got all these degrees and he's got all these things. In the same way, we present our bodies as holy. So what we do is, we stand next to our bodies and we present we are changed by the renewing of this mind, wherein we don't see our body as a place of sin. We don't see our body as a place of struggle. We see our bodies as holy. And we present ourselves as holy before God. Amen. That's how we, we, we are changed and transformed in this life. We are transformed by the acknowledgement of our holiness. So what we do is, uh, and, and the problem with the law was, the, the law used our body to manifest sin, but now we present our bodies in the finished work of Jesus and we make it available for what Christ has done by the acknowledgement of that. And that is our, what the Bible says, our reasonable service. Reasonable, and, then, and I think of the word reasonable. You know, if something's reasonable, um, it means basically uh, this is right, this is the right thing to do. The, the reasonable service that we can have towards God, if you want to serve God, this is your reasonable service. To present yourself, to reckon yourself as holy and righteous before God. Amen. Anything else is not reasonable. Because what is your reasoning? If you, if you want to present yourself in a certain way, there's a, there's a certain thing that you need to think and know. So if, if it's reasonable, if your reasoning is in line with what Christ has done you must come to the conclusion that you say, well, I present my body, I stand next to my body, I stand next to my life, and I say, holy, acceptable before God. And we are transformed. We see the change in our life by the acknowledgement of the truth. You can't acknowledge it once you've changed. You acknowledge it, and then change is the fruit. Amen. Amen. You first believe, and then you receive. Okay? If, now, that, that's theologically not even said in a very good way, but, but just for us to understand. What we first do is, we are persuaded of what has happened, and then we see the manifestation of it. The Bible is clear in um, uh, Mark, 13, Mark 11, verse 23. It says, you cannot have, have something unless you believe you already have it. You cannot have something unless you're already persuaded and rest your mind in the fact that you've already got it. So we rest our mind in the fact that we are already holy. Maybe you are busy stealing, maybe you are busy this, maybe you're busy lying, maybe you even come late for a service. (laughs) Thanks for coming. What a blessing to see you here. And while you do that, you are convinced of your absolute holiness. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Sandy, wonderful to have you here. Thanks for coming. No, I mean, stuff happens. Um, so, yeah, and what I've seen is, uh, in the, when we get into the grace message, people become more free. Okay. now I say this in love for you and I say it in love for all the people the bigger congregation that watches our messages over the web and, and this is my concern as we get more free from the law people open up to more things and what I've seen is that um, Christians are maybe you're not in touch with us but I'm saying this as a shepherd loving you and if you should get in touch with us that you can be helped by this um, now, I wouldn't say it's a sin, but I don't say what I'm about to mention. I don't say it's a sin, but, I don't, but I, what I do say is I don't think it's necessary. Should you make use of it, I'm not going to condemn you or be against you. But what has happened is as we get free, I find that uh, people are starting to mix the New Age movement with Christianity. And all that New Age is, is just works Righteousness. And I've mentioned last week. Those of you that, haven't, that wasn't here, I watched a video clip where they used the power of meditation, and they documented a healing better than what I've ever seen. Any Christian healing was documented. I took a lady that had uh, uh, cancer in her bladder. I took a sonar. They put it put it on her. Showed this cancer. Then these three people came with uh, uh, their chant. Now this was, they they called it chant, but it was actually a deep meditation. And what they did was, in their meditation, that whole cancer disappeared in three minutes. They show it, how it disappears on the sonar. They split the screen, they make a picture of it on this side, and then they show how it disappears to nothing on the other side. These people don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe in Jesus. And their chant was this. This was the words that they said, it is done, it is done, it is done. And they meditated on how it feels to stand in the presence of somebody that does not have cancer. Okay, that's what they did. Did she get healed? Yes. But that is, that is, does it work? Yes. And this is the problem with Christianity. We are into, if it works, it must be of God. That is not of God. I don't, I, you might say, but it's even from the devil. I will disagree. I don't even think it's from the devil, like a demon that healed the person. I think it is just the power of a human being. We have that power. to By, our, uh, 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 um, by the energy that is inside us, which can be measured... You know, heal people. We can do it. By meditation, by, by thinking and pondering and all those kind of things. But that is exactly what Satan tempted Adam with. And told him, You can be like God by knowing what's right and wrong. So if you can know what's the right thing to do, you can be exactly who you are now by the power of God. But the difference is is by your willpower. Okay, and now when we infiltrate that into Christianity, what we do now and what I see is people use hypnosis. They will never say it's hypnosis, but they use hypnosis and I went and I studied out what hypnosis is. I I went and I I listened to how it works and everything, videos on how it's done, the whole thing. I listened to that and I looked at what is in Christianity and what's the new thing happening is people use that to get us to a place where we can relax and be at peace and in that place of peace, reprogram our hearts with a gospel. Now, what happens is this. Every person inside him he got, has he's got his belief system, and then he's got his normal mind, which you know, what you know now, what you can think of, the cognitive mind, and you get the subconscious mind. Now, um, the subconscious mind has got something which I call the firewall, or... Uh, uh, in, in the psychological world they call it the, the critical factor and what this thing is it will not allow information that uh, certain information through into the belief system that is not seen as good for the belief system so in other words if I come to you and I tell you um, and that's why many people struggle to believe in God because what they see of God is not good enough for them to believe it Cognitively, they try to believe it and try to persuade them. Like, let, Let's take finances, for instance. You look at your bank, and when you look at the bank, you think you're lying. Can't be. Okay? Because, like the one guy said, there's too much month left for the amount of money that's in the bank. Okay? You look at it. Your mind says, looks at it. You think of the scripture that says God will care for you but you cannot find the belief in your heart. You're stressing. There's not that true peace that is above what you see. And that thing, now you think, oh but I'm trying to believe. And you just walk up and down in the passage, you quote four scriptures until you feel a little bit better but actually in your heart you're not resting. You're just a a stressed person saying God's A stressed guy saying, "I'm not stressed," and that doesn't—that's not God's plan for us. And the reason why that happens is because what you hear of God, your heart cannot believe in God, because what you hear about God, your heart could never allow it in, because it's actually not good for your heart. Because you've heard God cannot give to you if you don't give to Him. Now, no person can believe in such a person. It's humanly impossible. A human cannot believe in such a person. It's like, I will tell you somebody, and I've, I've used this example before, um, this, this person was arrested for child molestation, but he had a good lawyer, he came free, and he's willing to look after your kids. And I mean, are you going to allow him? You're never going to allow him. Why will you not allow him? Because your heart cannot believe in him. Even if he says many good things... But that thing makes that you cannot believe in Him. It makes that you cannot rest in Him because you've heard a certain thing about Him and your heart cannot allow that. Um, so, so just, uh, and, and that's why it's so important to know how it works. And what has happened is we've tried to take psychology we've tried to take psychology and then get ourselves at peace in our hearts to make the gospel work. Things like, just relax, you know, just get at peace. Let the stress go. No, no, no. If you must let the stress go, what's the gospel there for? I don't let the stress go. If I stress, I stress. Tell me something that can take my stress away. If I stress about the protection of my family when I'm not at home don't come come and tell me listen just let the stress go don't worry I don't want to hear don't worry that's not going to help me give me information that takes my worry away we live by information that's the way we live And that's how the gospel functions. We don't have to have any other thing. And I'm going to teach you today how easy meditation is. Meditation is not actually taking an hour off in the day trying to get your heart persuaded. If I tell you today... If you go to the doctor, I used this example last week as well. If you go to the doctor and he gives you, he takes an x-ray of you, he he does blood tests and whatever, and you come to him, you've got some pain in in your stomach, and he comes and tells you, listen, I've got bad news. You've got a very bad, very aggressive cancer and we cannot do anything for you. After hearing that, you don't have to go for five lessons on how to think of cancer. You don't have to go into, how do I deeply ponder on cancer? How do I see the cancer? How do I envision the cancer? How do I see myself die? No. (laughs) These things happen by itself. Because the word that you heard possesses the power to bring forth the meditation. But the problem is the gospel that has been preached was such a watered down gospel that it does not possess the power to bring forth meditation in our lives. And now we've got to go to churches and we've got to implement systems whereby we try to meditate on God. Because what we heard was not powerful enough to captivate our minds to think of Him. But if the true gospel is preached, I want to tell you it's so good, you cannot but think of it. A worldly, a worldly example of just worldly joy. If I come to you, I tell you, uh, uh, somebody, you've inherited uh, 10 million rand. You don't have to go and envision. Well, I'm going to try and envision now how I spend the money. You spent the first 10 million, you spent 10 million in 10 minutes (laughs) with what you're going to do. I'm going to, you immediately uh, uh, take that, apply it to your life, envision it, see it, feel the emotion of it. You know? You know, the uh, the way a law is made is by looking at what God does in somebody and then make a method of it. So in other words, when we look at the gospel, we see this person starts to rest. This person gets into peace. Ah, this, this person is thinking of God all the time. Then we say, if you're in rest, if you're in peace and think of God all the time, then you're going to get the grace of God. That's the wrong way around. That's a, we're not teachers of how to spend time with God. We are teachers of the gospel. And the gospel produces a, 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 a relationship between you and God. Amen. And if you don't find that relationship, don't think, what's wrong with me? No, no, no. Say, God, I want to hear what I need to hear to make this heart jump. Show me, Lord. Maybe my wife hears it, but I don't hear it. God, give me an example. Give me a way. Send a preacher some way that I can hear it in a way that it makes sense to me so that my meditation will be because of your goodness. I mean, the psalm writer says, I meditate in your law day and night for I delight in your law. In other words, God's law made him so happy that he couldn't but think of it. Now we think that meditation is, well, I just talk to myself. I just, I'm, I'm not going to try and envision God. Try No, 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 no. Listen, when you hear the gospel and hear God's love and you see God's blessing and a picture comes to your mind because of the Holy Spirit that brings it forth, allow that. Don't resist it. Allow it. It's a working of God. But don't think you're going to work it up and get your heart persuaded. You can't persuade your heart. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You cannot produce faith. Faith is produced by God's word. When you hear the word, you'll get persuaded in your heart. Amen. Faith is a persuasion of the mind that relaxes the critical factor, like like I've said, and activates belief. A change of belief, the reprogramming of the heart, works this way. It's It's the resting of the mind in the integrity of God. So, when we get our hearts or our belief reprogrammed, this is what must happen. Your mind must rest. Your mind must rest. Your mind cannot rest by you sitting down on the couch and saying, I'm relaxing, I'm relaxing, I'm relaxing. Or your mind's not going to go to rest by listening just to some music. It will only work as long as what the music plays. And when you put the music off, you still face reality. And then your mind will stress again. So it's, a, it's, 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 it's what the Bible says, this human meditation, human way of trying to relax ourselves is what the Bible says, it's a fading glory, because it's the law. It works for a while, but it does not, I mean, it's, it's like the one guy said this morning on the radio, he says, you will win the battle, but you're going to lose the war. So this, I've got a battle now, I feel stressed out now, so I quickly put on something, some meditation thing or some music I feel a little bit better for the time I stand up I still feel dozed by my deep meditation because you can really meditate very deep and you you feel a bit dozed it goes well for three or four hours and then next day you go to the work and when you go to the job you still stress why? because you have not received hard physical facts and information about that fact that when you face that situation, that your mind rests. You know we've made Christianity the the irrefutable thing, not it? I will myself not let good fool. No, no, no. Christianity is based on facts. God physically became a human being, and God and that human being, Christ is forevermore your representative and who he is, is your life. It's not a theory, it is truth. Now, the Bible says, faith is a persuasion of the mind that comes through the credence of somebody else. Now what that means is, you hear about the credibility of somebody and when you hear about how credible he is how he loves you how he cares for you and you see the facts about his care listen if i come to you anybody as ek en my vrou a fight het nê nee, i weet niemand van julle ooit gedoen but if she disagrees with what's right <clears throat> you know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <coughs> and I and I come and I just say sorry, not because I'm sorry, but just because we want to end the fight. Because I know I'm right. <coughs> it's <coughs> <coughs> then she says, I funny say, things. I don't know what to say. man, I can't jammer up my brother anymore. That video I can't be up my brother anymore. And I and I understand that 100% because if I come to you and I say to you, I love you, do you know what that means? It means nothing. Because a human is not designed to rest his mind in somebody saying something. A human is designed, the human mind is designed to go to rest at looking at facts. If I come to you today and I say to you, listen, I'm going to do business with you, you know, I'll take so much stuff and I'll pay you in two months. Or the end of the month. Just saying. But you don't know me. Will it be easy? No, no, no. Your brain will never rest unless you go and look at facts on that guy's history and how he already paid other people. Yeah. And when you look at those facts, then you'll find your mind rest. You can go and try and soothe your mind by sitting on the couch and saying... Oh, I just let the stress go off. this guy. I just let the stress go. There it goes. It's not going to help, my friend. It's not going to help. You need hard information that's going to bring a change. And that's why the Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word faith in the Greek, means it's a persuasion based on facts. It's a persuasion based on facts. So when we study the Bible, when we read the Bible, the gospel is facts about your life. It's not theories. It's a fact. There's a fact before God that you stand forevermore innocent before God. It is a fact. We say in Afrikaans a feit a koei. No, no, this is more. It's a fact like the resurrected Jesus that is seated forever at the right hand of God. When you study that out, when you study out the Old Testament prophets, when you study out how this was fulfilled, when you study out how He became a human being, how He obeyed on your behalf, and you look at all the examples of how He treated people that was in sin, and He declared them innocent, like the woman that was caught in the act of adultery, like the man that was paralyzed, like how He healed people, how He treated the Pharisees. And you look at all these facts, how he treated the people that was law-orientated, guilt-orientated. And you see how he was not a sin-conscious person because sin was taken out of the way. And how God, how God's whole action is formed around the reality of Jesus. When we look at those facts and continue to look at those facts, we find that our minds go to rest at the information we we receive about our lives. You cannot separate, and this is, this is my, my, what I'm thinking about, you know, um, many times people say, Bapti, you know, you're too taken up in doctrine. But I want to tell you, this doctrine saved me. Absolutely. To me, there's nothing else but doctrine. The Bible says you've obeyed from your heart this doctrine. Romans 6. I, I, God's grace to me is this Doctrine. I cannot separate the two. I've had many people say to me, but you split hairs. Glory to God. I want to do that. I want to split hairs about the gospel. Because my understanding of who God is, and your understanding, if you like it or not, is completely based on the hair-splitting gospel. Of Jesus. I want to hear God's gospel doesn't only split hairs. The Bible says it divides asunder between bone and marrow. Glory to God. It it makes a separation between what is flesh and what is of God. The doctrine of Jesus. And as we hear what is done, the facts of what is done, and the, the true fact about your life is Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. Paul goes so far to say you don't have any other life but the life of Jesus. Now when you look at all those facts, you don't have to go in five lessons hour to have peace. You don't have to work up faith. Faith is the fruit of the Spirit, the Bible says. When you're in the Spirit, you find faith come to your heart. You don't first get faith and then get in the Spirit by using your faith. You get in the Spirit. Let me explain Spirit. The word Spirit, you'll have to get this and just write down these definitions. Like I was speaking to Nicu, you know? There's so many definitions that we have in the gospel. It sounds very complicated when it comes to all these definitions. But because we don't understand the way the people back then spoke and the law system with its definitions has infiltrated our minds and we spent years on studying, years and years, not knowing what we were actually doing, but for years and years we've studied the law system and we, we believed in its definitions. But we, when we start to get to the definitions of how God defines something, we need to realize, every definition of every word changes once you bring Jesus into the picture. Righteousness under the law was a picture of your obedience to laws. But righteousness under grace, when you bring Jesus into the thing, it's got, it's, the, the whole thing is, righteousness now all sudden, all of a sudden not defined in your action, but in who a certain being is. It represents you. Hallelujah. Every word finds a different definition. So, at the moment we come and we define faith, and we define spirit, what is spirit? The word spirit, go and study it out, you'll see it for yourself, the word spirit talks about different things. It talks about the human spirit, talks about the spirit of God, and then I like this definition of spirit in um, thias word definitions. It says, Spirit is... A life principle that is animated. Animated means you know these animation pictures? It's a dead thing that's made alive. Okay? It's a principle that's made alive. So spirit, when you're in the spirit of God, the principle which God brought to this earth is made alive in you. And what is God's principle? God's principle is this. I will become a human being. And then this human being, which is God in human flesh, will be the only reality about mankind. That's God's principle. That is the spirit in which God works operates. That's the vital or life principle wherein God operates. Now, when you get in the Spirit, when you start to study out this principle, you find faith, the persuasion of this truth coming to your mind. When this persuasion comes, you find that you start to believe. A resting of the mind, if you study out the word believe and the word faith, the word believe also means the word trust. So, the moment you get persuaded of something and your mind rests, that is called belief. That is called belief. Hallelujah. So, if you struggle with a sickness in your body, what do you do? You don't try and fight the sickness by working up some faith. Don't do that. It's not going to work. What you do, you allow yourself to listen to the gospel. And not to listen, sometimes we don't listen to the gospel to hear the gospel, we listen to what we must do. When you hear the gospel, you, you want to hear the principle by which God lives. What He's done in Christ. Who Jesus is. And when you listen to that whole thing and you start to find who He is is who you are and that persuasion starts to grab a hold of your mind, you will find you get healed. Amen. Now, if I take the whole system and I take worldly psychology and hypnosis, I can take the two, two things, put it over each other and it's going to look perfectly the same. Because this one also talks about peace. This one also talk, talks about quietness. This one also talks, but this one comes. The the So I want to tell you, get rest about spending time with God. Hear the true gospel. Hear the true gospel. Take a CD. Listen to a message when you read the scripture. Let that true gospel bring this forth in your life. I want to tell you, I've got no system in my life on how to spend time with God, nothing whatsoever. How much do you read the Bible? I don't know. How much do you think about God? I don't know when I'm not thinking of Him. How much do you meditate on the scriptures? Man, my life consists out of this. But that is because you don't have a normal job. It's dangerous for me to have a normal job. I will not do my job. That's why I left studying in university. Because the gospel started to interfere with my studies. You know? I couldn't. And the studies started to interfere with my meditation but I believe even in a normal work you can do your work but you'll find deep inside your mind is just on this love of God why? because there's a word that brings forth that meditation I remember when I was in the law I was also thinking of God all the time because there was a scripture that says you know pray without stop and I must do that and if I do that, then I know, I will know more about God. And that was what I was doing. So the thing looks the same. It looks the same from the outside. But it is worlds apart. The one, you are the Father. The other one, God is the Father. Hallelujah. Amen. The resting of the mind, a belief means to rest the mind in the integrity of somebody. I want to just speak of the word integrity here. So in other words, when we study out the integrity of God, we will find our minds go to rest and we'll find belief comes forth. The word integrity means an entire unbroken state of zero liability to injury or weakness. Now let me, that is so powerful. If a person has got integrity he is, got an, he is in a state where He never, it never ends. It's from, it's from eternity to eternity. An unbroken state where he, he will never be liable for any injury or weakness in your life. That's integrity. So when your mind go to rest at the integrity of God, at the fact that He can never be held accountable... For any weakness, or sickness, or disease, or hard time, or testing, or losing stuff. He can never be held accountable for that. Any doctrine that promotes that God can never be held accountable for that. There is zero liability to injury or weakness. The Bible says, by the gospel the name of God was sanctified let me explain that the name of God was sanctified by the gospel if the name of God was not sanctified by the gospel people could never believe in God let me explain sanctification let's look at uh, these political leaders you know the one party gets upset with the other party and then they lie then he will say, this guy has done this bad thing, you know. And everybody says, yeah, he's a bad guy. And then you find three months later, they come out with the facts. It's never been like that. And then they bring the facts, and the facts sanctify his name. It makes his name clean again. Now the Bible clearly states in Ezekiel 36 or 26, where it says, I will put a new heart in you. I will put new things in you. It says, I will sanctify my name. Because what the Old Testament people believed about God gave Him a dirty name. And I want to say, unfortunately, what the what has been preached in church gave God a dirty name. It placed Him in the category of a murderer, some testing freak putting you through hard times to sanctify you and all those kind of things which makes it impossible for you to believe in Him. You will rather believe in yourself and your ability to keep the rules so that He can do something for you. You'll never come to a place where you completely believe in Him. I look on, on, on Facebook. Now some people say too much on Facebook. That is a very big part of my ministry. You know, I went onto Facebook and I got the website. We're reaching thousands of people, thousands of people, via Facebook. Most of the invitations that I get wherever in the world I preach came through Facebook. People's lives got changed. Okay. Amen. So, I put this thing. I put this thing, certain things on Facebook, and then you see how people comment on that, and you can clearly see this person believe that God exists. He believed that Jesus died for him, but he could not make the connection on what Jesus did in the, to, to the point of representation. In other words, who Jesus is is who I am. He cannot make that thing, and therefore he, that person will always reserve, and it's not just one, many, will always reserve a place for human willpower because we cannot trust God that if I say I'm going to do nothing and He will live in me I cannot trust Him that I will have a life where I'm protected cared for and provided for because the message about Him was not a message where He's got zero liability for any injury or weakness in your life He's not in the light of integrity So Jesus Christ came to sanctify the name of God. So that we can believe in His name. His name is, He says, what's the name of God? Very simple. Jesus. That's the name of God. God became a human being, got a name. We can also call Him Father, we can call Him Counselor, we can all those kind of things. But His name, who He is, is taken up in one name. He's the one that saved us from our sins. And that became such a small little thing. He didn't just save you from your sin, He saved you from the system that made you a sinner. Which is the law. And He brought back the system where who you are is who He is when you listen to these facts you find that the level of god's integrity starts to rise and you start to see where he's got zero responsibility or liability to what was wrong and painful in your life but it's all about willpower human effort and all those kind of things and as he rises In as His name gets sanctified in your heart, you find, you start to believe. To go to a place where you just start to, I let the stress go. Brother, it cannot be compared to what I'm sharing with you now. I don't say that cannot produce a form of peace. I don't say you cannot listen to some music or, I'm not, let me tell you, I'm not against that. But to say that that is God's way, God's only way, no way, no way. The best way is just to hear the truth. Amen. The gospel has been designed to speak to your subconscious mind. Sometimes we think, you know, the things of this world has closed my critical factor so that when God speaks, it just bounces off. Rubbish. Why do people that are in the law, when they tell them grace, become angry in a second? Because it hits the heart, my friend. Right deep in the heart. The gospel is like a secret weapon that does not need deep meditation to enter the heart. The gospel bypasses the head and only hits the heart. It speaks to the heart. That's why the Bible... But, if you're not preaching the gospel, you find it only hits the head. But if you preach the gospel, it hits the heart. (laughs) It's like the one guy, he came to our church here. I mean, we're still friends. He just, um, they moved now to another town. He said, now when I say he came to church, you might think he's angry. He's not. And he even testified here. He listened to me on TV when I preached about Jesus is the tithe. Don't even remember him testifying here. He said, I preach on Jesus, he's the tithe. He got so angry, he said to his wife, you switch off that television and whenever that guy comes on TV, I don't want to see him. He went into his room and was shouting with anger for what I preached. He just finished a book on the tithe. Okay. And it was the law way. So when I spoke, he got so angry, went into his room, and then he praises God. You know, I, I normally get angry, but why do I get so angry with this guy? He says, Because he's speaking the truth. <laughs> he says, Well, God, then I repent. You see, wh- why did it bring that anger? His mind couldn't understand why he got so angry. Because it was challenging his belief. <clears throat> it entered his heart. So I want to tell you, when you hear the message of His unconditional love, you don't need anything more. I like what Paul says, you've got the Holy Spirit and you know all things. What is the Holy Spirit? You are in this vital principle which is set apart, that's what the word holy means, by God. When we are in that, I also believe in physically the Holy Spirit, but just to help you understand this, when we're in this principle that God has placed for us, I want to tell you, you know all things. And the concept there of know all things is maybe you don't know the molecule structures and stuff of things. That doesn't matter. But what you need to know for this life, you already know. And that is who He is, is who I am. That's it. That's that's all you need to know. You know it. And so many times we come with this thing of, I still need something. Listen, if you think that, my friend, listen to the gospel. (coughs) Listen to the message of how He has perfected us in Christ. So, easy meditation is simply this, it's something that happens to you when you hear of how credible God is. It happens. Amen. I don't want to want my meditation time to be a little time in the morning or the evening or whatever. That's watered down. I want to be captivated by His gospel. I want this thing to grab such a hold of my mind and my thoughts that my whole life, everything I do, revolves around this. The way I raise my kids, the way I treat my wife, how I preach, where I drive, everything is around this. I've seen it with businessmen. You know how, and and, and people working for sales doesn't matter. Their whole life, I look at my sister, her whole life is this gospel. She's got her business, her husband's working for a salary. Their whole life is this gospel. They have not decided to meditate on it. It grabbed a hold of them. All they did was, they yielded to it once it grabbed hold of them. They didn't resist because we are free will agent. We can resist if we want. Okay. I'm going to give you a good example of meditation. <coughs> Let's read from Psalm, uh, Isaiah 40. Listen to the the comfort here, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. I've got two verses that I'm going to end off with. It says, comfort my people. Now, now this is God speaking to the prophet Isaiah. He says, comfort my people. Comfort ye my people, says the Lord. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. Now, I want to just explain that and and meditation. He says, comfort my people. Comfort means to om to, um, amper stoom ok om te ok that comfort that comes that's what it means in the Hebrew comfort my people, comfort my people then it says speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem that word comfortably is actually translated wrongly in the English in Afrikaans it says it's much beautiful much more beautiful it says speak to the heart of Jerusalem comfort my people comfort my people speak comfortably how do you speak comfortably you speak to the heart of somebody what is your heart it's how you believe how you believe speak to the belief of Jerusalem now why weren't they comforted because they believed something that was wrong listen to how the comfort comes speak to them and tell them this this is what you must tell them cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished and that her iniquity is pardoned so comfort comes by speaking to the belief of somebody that does not believe his iniquity is already pardoned and that does not believe his war is already over You're not going to have peace by trying to have peace by certain ways of meditation. You're going to have peace by somebody coming and telling you that you're not guilty before God. Jerusalem did not have comfort. Why? Why didn't they have any comfort? Very simple. They did not have comfort for their hearts believed that they were still in a war. Their hearts believed that their iniquity was not pardoned. Then he says, comfort my people by addressing their belief system and tell them their war is over and that their sins are forgiven. That means these people's sins were forgiven, but they didn't know it. (laughs) And comfort comes by preaching the gospel. God didn't say comfort the people by telling them to let it go. It's not going to help. What's going to help is to give them the hard facts. And now I like the next verse here. Verse 3. Okay, verse, it says that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received of the Lord's hand double for her sins. So this, these people's sins have been paid for even double. They didn't even know it. They didn't even know of one payment. But it's been paid for double their war, their war against sin and everything has been accomplished. Their war against the law has been accomplished. Their war against being disqualified has been finished. Their sins has been pardoned. They didn't know it. And now he prophesies. Now remember, we, we think he spoke to Isaiah, but he's actually speaking to John the Baptist. Okay, chapter 3. The voice of him that cries in the wilderness. Oh, verse 3. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Listen to what he says. He says, Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. Let me explain that. Here he comes. We're busy now with meditation, by the way. Okay. Every valley. Okay, tell the people, comfort them. In other words, make them rest. Make them, allow them to let this thing go. How? By telling them their war is over by telling them their sins are forgiven how is that possible? John, this is what you must tell them tell them every hill will be made low and every valley will come up what does that mean? the law defined people as these are high and those are low but when the law is taken away there's no high and low everybody's the same so what he was actually saying is the law is over yes. that will bring comfort to you the law is over listen to this every valley shall be exalted every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight the law is called crooked he will make it straight the rough place is plain rough place in the law yeah man I can do this but I can't do this it's a rough place it will be made a plain why? because that which makes it rough will be taken out of the way and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Listen to this, and all flesh shall see it together or at one time, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken this. The voice said, "Cry, and, and I said, "What shall I cry? Listen to this. All flesh is grass. And all goodly, and all the goodliness, thereof is as the flower of the field the grass withers the flower fades because the spur of the Lord blows upon it surely the people are as grass this is such I want to tell you this is the gospel man he says this he says every because they were looking at the high places remember the law was on the mountain the temple on the mountain that will be brought low the Gentiles which, which were in the valley they will be brought up. And God will make of the two, one new man in Christ. Okay? This crooked path of the law will be taken out of the way. Then the voice says, cry unto the people. What shall I cry? Cry unto the people that the glory of the flesh, the glory of what you can get right by your own willpower, is like grass. Human flesh is like grass and the flower thereof. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But when the vital principle of God, the Spirit of God, comes over it, it withers to nothing. Hallelujah. Glory to God, man. When you hear the true gospel, flesh and human ability withers to nothing. To nothing. Because it's all God. That's what He says, cry this unto my people, and this will comfort them. This will comfort them. I like the word content. Those of you didn't get the SMS. The word content means the following. Satisfaction without investigation. The free Sonder om te onderzoek. Or satisfaction without examination. So, when we are content, and I want to you to contentment is one of the fruits that come to your life when you're in the gospel of grace there's something that grabs a hold of your life and you don't have to examine your life to feel that. That means I don't have to go to my bank account, I don't have to go to my conduct to feel that. Contentment is satisfaction without examination. If you're content with your wife, you're satisfied with her without examining her. And any lady here will say, that makes me feel loved. But when it comes to God, we don't want that definition. Why? How are we going to feel loved by God outside of being not examined? You need, you need to stand before Him knowing he does not examine me. He's satisfied with me. I want to tell you, if I want to bring in any a gap between me and my children, or me and anybody, they must feel that I examine them. I'm not satisfied, and I examine them to be satisfied. No relationship can be strong on the basis of examination. What I'm just preaching to you is speaking to your heart. What I'm sharing here is meditation. It is true meditation. It is bringing the comfort. It is letting the thing go which is, which is bothering you and killing you. Amen. As we see this, I want to tell you, as I preach this, oh, Andres always says to me, he says, he, always, he says, whenever we talk, he thinks in pictures. And I want to tell you, everybody's like that. Everybody connects a picture to something. As I preach here, in your mind you'll find pictures of holiness. And yours and mine can be different. I might see a bright light. I might see me and God and no difference. I might see, when I preach this, I, I look, and this is what ca- happens to my mind when I hear this. Your mind, something else can happen. But in my mind, I, you might see... Uh, somebody sitting with you on a green grass, speaking to you, loving you like a father, loving a child, whatever picture the Holy Spirit brings to you. The picture that I have is, I see the angels bowing here, because I'm in Him. I'm not bowing with the angels. I'm from the other side. If I am in Him, now that is the picture that God brings, and with that is an emotion. Now, I don't have to work up an emotion and work up a picture. No, 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 no. He brings the picture. I embrace that picture. He brings the emotion. I embrace that emotion. He brings it by hearing what He's done in Jesus. And through that, I find my life change. And then I acknowledge what He says about me. I present myself holy blameless before Him in love isn't that awesome yeah, if we look at Isaiah 40 there's no comfort I want to tell you there's no comfort outside the revelation of your 100% innocence I'm talking about 100% innocence not yes but you know if I put if I, if I say if I must put on Facebook now Hundred, There's no comfort outside the revelation of your 100% innocence unto, unto eternity. I want to tell you, it's a problem. It is a problem. People will say, yes, but. What if a person, the moment you put the yes, but there, I want to tell you, you're not comforted. You're not comforted your heart will struggle to believe. I also put this thing on. As long as what you see the need to investigate your life, you have not believed the gospel. Oh, I tell you, those things stretch your brain, man. But let it stretch it. Because we want to see the integrity of God. Now, but does that mean nobody can go to hell? Listen, rejecting this is already hell. It's not that you'll just go there one day. You've already entered in. And it will be like that forevermore if you choose to believe it until the day you die. It's already hell on earth. I remember when I was the, under the law. It was just 100% pure hell. Last night, Leon and I said, I wish that we, the two of us, knew this grace message Because we had this wedding yesterday and we saw these people, you know, both of them were in the grace message. They were going out for eight years. They waited for money to get married. They'll wait very long. (laughs) Now we knew we will wait long, so we just got married. Well, anyway, so. I said to Helena, you don't, expect any money within the first 10 years of our marriage <laughs> but anyway that's over now and thank God it's going better but anyway <clears throat> so w- we said we wish that we've known this when we were going out you know how much more peace because it was hell on earth we were in a law church we had people that were law orientated you know and not willfully I mean I, I-, I love the people It's not that I'm against the people. They have not wronged me. They were just as much victims as what I was. So, to the person I've got... There's nothing in my heart against the person. I love the person. I can look at pictures of them. I love them. In my heart, there's a compassion. You know? Not that I feel, oh, the poor them, I'm higher. It's not that. It's really a compassion. Because I know that hell. You're in a place where the, the one guy said... I don't believe God says this is your woman. She's, she's, not, she's not your wife. The other one says that lady is your wife. The other one says this. The other one says that. We've got 20 voices from God with three prophets. That's not an agreement. And you need to submit to all three of them or you're in rebellion. Uh, how are you going to get it right? You're not going to have peace, man. No frame this uh, war but God sees in secret kissing in secret now my goodness I mean that's not life we couldn't walk in the street holding each other's hands because if somebody might see us the law robbed us you know but thank God that I know this gospel now. So can you go to hell? Man, you'll have hell from the day you don't believe this. I will to tell you, God believes this. God was the first one to ever believe this. God's plan has never changed. From before the world began, He decided that the only way you can be holy is in Jesus. And no other way. He predestined that you will only be holy in this gospel. I don't care how you live. If you're not in this gospel, you're not set apart. You're part of the world. True meditation is to allow this gospel to grab a hold of you, not to resist. True meditation is just hear the word. All we do is we just need to hear the word. How? The Bible says, how can they believe unless somebody has preached? Belief is the deepest form is the result of the deepest form of meditation. Belief. Ask any psychologist, he will tell you, belief is the fruit of what you've done after you've meditated. It says he, how can a person believe unless he just hear the simple gospel? Just hear the true gospel. Then you will believe. You've passed through everything, all these difficult things of, last night I was visiting Andres and Lorraine, and I said this I thank God that I preach in the Africa bush because some of the plans we have on how to get the gospel to work will never work there if I must try and explain to somebody how the the molecules and the this and that of meditation and the what work those people don't even understand those words you can't even translate it into their language there's not words for it but if you just preach grace to them you find this you see the fruit of it. I preach to people that have never heard the name of Jesus. I preach to them. They believe th- listen, the law is written on the heart of every person. Okay, you get to the bush, you find the same law. In the bush, what you find in the church. Okay? They may be a different God with a different name, but the same law. Then you preach to them the Lamb of God took away the sin of the world. And you find the tears running. And they say, so you want to tell me I'm innocent before God. Aye. You preach that for 20 minutes. Aye. You see the chief receiving Jesus. Aye. You see the headmaster of the school received Jesus with all his teachers. Yes. You see the small children coming saying, I receive this with tears. Aye. Glory to God. Without five steps and three steps. Because comfort is the message of innocence. Mm-hmm. So I want to tell you. I want to tell you. The deepest way of meditation happens to you when you hear the message of your innocence. Yes. Hallelujah. It's easy, man. Let's not fall into human willpower. Because I want to tell you, and I end off with this, you by your willpower can for sure get a sick person healed. You can. I'm not talking about medicine or anything like that. I'm talking about psychic. You can heal somebody. It can happen. A human being does have that ability with energy and power and meditation. I've seen it. And you can go to any of these uh, 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 Africa witch doctors, if you want to call it that way, they will tell you, and it's true, people do get healed that way. Go to the Buddhists. They will have documented stuff. But we don't want to fall into if it works, it's from God. We fall into what He has done and that will work. Hallelujah. The law says, get something to work, then it's from God. Grace says, if God says it, it is so. Hallelujah. And God's word about you, I end off like a good preacher for the second time. (coughs) God's word about you was not just words spoken into the air. God spoke a universal language. He became a human being. And what Jesus did is God's word about you. If you want to know what God says about you, you look at, what, at who Jesus is today. If you want to look at what God says about your provision for tomorrow, you look at who Jesus is today. And how God will provide for Him tomorrow. Hallelujah. That's how sure you can be. Amen. Amen. That's God's word about your life. God, I want to know what's your word on my holiness? You're shining, my brother. But, God, I have done this. God cannot change his word. For God to acknowledge that you are not innocent before him, he has to physically dethrone Jesus. That's powerful. But, Bertie, this is a too good to be true news. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. Now, how nice it was yesterday to preach this message on innocence at that wedding. Glory to God. I just started off this way. I said, listen, guys, I want to say this. A wedding is much more than just two people coming together. It's a picture of Christ and the church. So let me tell you about Christ and the church. And I said... And I spoke about the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world, declaring everybody they're innocent and they fully qualify to receive eternal life if they wish. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you that Isaiah 40 brings our mind into a deep meditation. Thank you, Lord, that we can't but ponder on your goodness and your love. It is a fruit of You. Thank You, Lord, that not even our meditation is born from our willpower, but it's born from You. The meditation of my heart, the songs on my lips, is a fruit of Your unconditional love. Lord, I thank You for every person that is here. I thank You, Lord, even people here that has got sickness in their body and stress and, and all those things. I thank You, Lord, that Your gospel your message of grace brings that absolute peace and from their belief flows the force that drives their life and that we can protect our heart above everything that must be protected by continual listening to your gospel because from that belief flows our life the emotions in our hearts The emotions in our lives, my God, is born from what we believe. What we believe is born from the facts about us in Jesus. Thank you that we can hear that and preach that to people all over the world. In Jesus' mighty name. How can we but love you, Lord? You first loved us. I want everybody that's here, I want to just tell you now, Healing is yours. Provision is yours. Peace is yours. That contentment that comes to your heart. That feeling that you feel right now of, oh man, I feel so content. I feel so happy. All the cares has fallen away. That is reality. That's the, that's the true life that's inside you. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord that we can cast all our cares even the cares of our responsibilities unto you and we rest in you and we find you living us and using our bodies as a place to manifest yourself as we stand out of the way by simply believing the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you Father thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus now I can just see and I just believe it's a gift of the Holy Spirit I can just see how light comes into people's spirits you know and and where there was grey areas how this water like a drop of water just falls in you and washes that grey away and becomes crystal clear I just see this gospel as this this pure clear clean water flowing through your belief and and right now as as you heard this word you found that there was a division there's some of you here that said man I realized I was in the law in some area I just feel the word of God comes to you even in a supernatural way through me now just to to affirm what he has said And and this is the word of God this realization is of God this realization, as you say, but I realized I was in, the, in, in condemnation and in the law in a certain area of my life. This realization is the fruit of the gospel. And yield now. This is where human, your human ability or your godliness actually comes in. You've got the ability now to yield. You feel that peace, now you yield, And you can say, I'm finished with the old. I receive my reconciliation with God. Don't let pride grab you or I must acknowledge that I've, I was wrong or all those kind of things. Don't investigate your life. What if I acknowledge? No, no, that's over. Forget that. Everybody's got to come to the place where he says I've, I was wrong because I believe in the Lord. You are free. I declare you are free in Jesus' name and healed and blessed and part of His kingdom. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.